This is WMNF Tampa. Replay Guitar Exchange is proud to support Live Music Showcase. Support for WMNF and Live Music Showcase comes from listeners like you and Generations Cosmetic and Family Dentistry. This modern dental office provides both routine and complex treatments, including improving smiles. More at gendentistry.com. On Thursday, October 27th, WMNF celebrates Halloween with two great bands. WMNF's Halloween Ball 2022 features the music of Tampa's Lane Liar. And making his Bay Area appearance from Louisville, Kentucky, Scary Black. Plus, as he bats, and Vamp Daddy of Obscure Undead will be DJing this great night of gothic music. WMNF Halloween Bowl again takes place Thursday, October 27th, 9 p.m. at New World Music Hall, 810 East Skagway Avenue in Tampa. Tickets are $18 in advance, $20 at the door. Go to WMNF.org for more info. But ain't no Jesus, never say. Ain't no Buddha Oh, I struggle with wrong from right Ain't no Prince of Peace I've hit the floor in a good bar fight I'll ask forgiveness come Sunday Cause I'm asking for trouble Saturday night But ain't no Buddha Struggle with wrong from right No, I can't walk on water can't part the sea the only miracle i've seen is you walking down the aisle to me do i can't talk to god i ain't divine only miracle i've seen is i can call you mine I ain't no carpenter I'm more sailor than saint I'll put a hammer on a thumbnail Swear so loud they close heaven's gates But I built you a four-post bed Now darling, don't make me wait I ain't no carpenter I'm more sailor than saint do I can't walk on water, can't part the sea. The only miracle I've seen is you walking down the aisle to me. Now I can't talk to God, I ain't divine. Only miracle I've seen is I can call you mine.
ain't no savior Ain't got the words How do you preach to the masses When you can't even talk to the girl You get a little courage from holy wine But then your speech gets slurred I ain't no savior I ain't got the words No, I can't walk on water Can't part the sea the only miracle I've seen Is you walking down the aisle to me No, I can't talk to God I ain't divine Only miracle I've seen Is I can call you mine The only miracle that I I can call you mine Oh mine I can call you mine Oh That's Ellis Paul here on Live Music Showcase 88.5 WMNF. This is the show for musicians, by musicians, where we hear a bunch of music and we get to know the story behind it here. And I really can't wait um, to, to get to know you a little better, let our listeners get to know you a little better. If you're listening right now and you want to li- see what's going on here, we've got a live stream going on on Facebook. Just go to Facebook and search WMNF's Live Music Showcase. You'll find our live stream right there. Uh, we're going to dig into a little bit of what makes Ellis Paul tick here at the half of the show. That's what we do here. We'll let, you know, do a nice little block of music here at the beginning, but I'd love to hear your next song. Sure. This song is about, uh, it's really about following your dreams no matter how young or how old you are. There's something in our society that makes you think you need your 20s to figure that out and and that the rest of your life is getting busy just doing work and grinding it down. This is called You'll Never Be This Young Again. I met a walking man, his life and in his pockets, his thumb was in midair. On a road in Millinock at a six-string guitar, his girlfriend's locket going my way, my way. Now for a dream, he left the mills, he left the bricks, he left the mortar. I told him I could take him to the Massachusetts border. He sang like a jukebox on an endless roll of quarters down the highway, right it's a sunny day, oh, you'll never be this young again. The train conductor's calling your ticket, if it ain't now, when? Oh, the mountaintop ain't gonna wait forever, I'll fill your lungs with oxygen, and take your first step, breathe out, breathe in. Friend said, Ellis, I've been living in a 
cubicle making cold calls Popping pharmaceuticals I thought my whole life would read more Like a musical So write your own West Side Story Shake off the shackles Buy a tackle box a boat A cabin on Sebago to think To flow when the typewriter's clacking The novel gets wrote I'm telling you now No risk, no Young again. The train conductor's calling your tail. Yeah, it ain't now. Oh, the mountain top ain't gonna wait forever. I fill your lungs with oxygen. You take your first step. Breathe out, breathe in. You'll never be this young again. So many first kisses, so sweet. Dreams don't come easy and they don't come cheap. Don't let the haters kick them out of you. That's Ellis Paul here on Live Music Showcase 88.5. I'm your host, Ken Apperson. Thanks so much for joining us today here this afternoon. We do this every Friday here, uh, Friday afternoons, 2 p.m. after the news headlines. Uh, having Ellis Paul here in studio, I mean, it's such a it's such an honor for me personally as a as a fledgling songwriter myself uh, to to get to to get to know someone who's I would say had quite a bit of success doing so, uh, touring the country, touring the world a little bit, right? Mm -hmm. Some, uh, yeah. Yeah, so <laughs> I can't wait to, to discuss a little bit of that with you, really. And I know that the, the music songwriters and the musicians out there that are listening right now are, are looking forward to that as well. But let's hear your next song. All right. This song's about California. It's about the dream of owning something there. My favorite part of the world is Big Sur, California. Yeah. I love it there. But even like a double wide would be like a $4 million double wide. <laughs> Ain't it the truth. So this song is really about the big dream of owning something that's kind of greener on the other side and having someone in your life that you love and realizing that maybe the person in the passenger seat isn't 
more important than all of that. This is called Slingshot. All the fog is up and the moon is rising Laying a blanket of white on the ocean for you Are you living in the moment now? It's a two-lane highway in California Beautiful woman beside you And she's scolding you Are you living in the moment now? The world could use a hero Cause the lunatics are running the shop I'll be your one-man army I've got a stone and a slingshot We could build a camp or a cabin on this very spot With a view of the ocean And all the money we don't got That we don't got We could build a castle or a cabin on this very spot with a view of the ocean and all the money we don't got. The world could use a hero because the lunatics are running the shop. I'll be your one man army. I've got a stone and a slingshot. Live Music Showcase here on 88.5 WMNF Tampa. We're live in studio with Ellis Paul, the great Americana folk songwriter from up north, up in the uh, Massachusetts area, originally from Maine. Very cool. Love Maine. 
Uh, does everybody immediately mention Stephen King when they when you say your? Uh, I get a lot of questions about oh Steve. Uh, he yeah. he's uh, he lives in Bangor and he has a beautiful Gothic looking mansion and. Um, yeah, I mean, there's not a lot of famous people from Maine, right. so he's kind of our poster boy. Kind of you and, and him, pretty much. No, I've never met him. I know that he is a fan of Americana music, though, and um, and uh, I've had some friends bump into him over the years, but I've never I've never met him personally. <laughs> That's amazing. All right, so we're going to talk a little bit more about Ellis Paul and his incredible career and maybe uh, who knows for the, the singer songwriters out there you might learn a thing or two uh, from the interview coming up here but let's hear your next song you're sitting down there at the piano and yeah this one is a, a new song it, I'm gonna have an album that's coming out uh, hopefully in the spring April ish maybe May ish and I'm hoping that you guys will spin it once you get it um, it's a, about a, a character in Ireland this is called Holy Don't waste your prayers on a dream 
This is Live Music Showcase here on 88.5 WMNF. We're live in studio with Ellis Paul. And uh, that song in particular, that's a... That's a, that hits me real hard. Oh, it's home. Right, it's really Thank nice. You, I love man. that. Um, we're going to hear one more song, and then uh, we're going to dive into a couple of interesting facts about Ellis Paul. I mean, the list of albums that you've released over the the course of your career is almost as long as the list of awards that you seem to have received <laughs> over the course of your career as well. And I mean, and your work speaks for itself. Awards aside, everything else aside, you know, uh, you can listen to the music and hear the authenticity, hear the 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 rawness and the vulnerability in it and oh, thank you. that's such a I think crucial quality to to really proper songwriting especially in the folk and Americana you know genre so we're gonna dig into a little bit of that but let's hear one more song this song um, I know you guys are just recovering from your own hurricane here I thought I'd play this song and just send it out to you all out there listening uh, it's about Hurricane Katrina.
trouble down in the ninth ward Thought I'd send a prayer away Now on my windowsills of stack of insurance bills A man in Delaware says I can't have the pills until Hurricane Angel Oh, lifting my eyes Over Baton Rouge Lift up your wings Can't you hear my voice singing Turn these black skies Blue again I'm laying on the floor Of a trailer at night With 16 refugees Waiting on to live music showcase here on WMNF. We are live in studio with the great Ellis Paul. He's here in town tonight for a show he's playing over there in St. Pete at uh, 7C, which is such an interesting place um, because it's it's a venue, it's a coffee shop, it's it's a it's a guitar uh, repair shop. I mean, I've had my own equipment repaired there. Um, great guys over there, very very cool. Uh, speaking of great shows coming up this weekend as well, we have SEMA Funk that is uh, going to be here in town tomorrow. It's a WMNF event. You can go to WMNF.org to find out about tickets. I know we do have a few tickets left for that, but uh, you might want to go ahead and get those real quick because they're going to get scooped up real fast if you're not uh, careful. But uh, for now, let's talk to Ellis Paul. Let's talk to Ellis Paul. How are you, first and foremost? I'm great. Uh, you know, I'm still uh, getting used to being on the road again. And, um, you know, because of the pandemic, I had to take a, a year or so completely off. And, and now, you know, just starting to dabble back and getting on the road again. And I'm really happy to be down in Florida and get to play for people down here. And uh, so tonight should be fun. I know they're happy to have you as well. And just a little background here. Uh, along with 19 albums and writing for movie soundtracks, he does about 200 live shows a year. Probably getting there again, but uh, in the past, <laughs> up to around 200 live yeah. shows a year. Um, and uh, there's a quote here. There isn't a town in the country where I won't find a friend. I'm a nomad. That's a quote from you from a few years back. Uh, and I'm going to write and play until I'm gone. I love that. Uh, yeah. Ellis Paul has uh, somewhere, I actually lost count, I tried counting, somewhere around 20 or 30 different awards from various songwriting uh, organizations. You are uh, in the Songwriter Hall of Fame, if I'm not mistaken, in Boston. Is that accurate? Or uh, Up in Maine. Up yeah, in Maine. There's, up a, in Maine. there's a Music Hall of Fame up there, yeah. <laughs> yeah, right up there. Um, and you were inducted... Uh, if I'm not mistaken, I get my facts mixed up, so feel free to correct me. But uh, right. like at the same time as um, Howie Day and um, right, yeah, uh, uh, American Pie, Don McLean, yeah, yeah Don McLean. Yeah. So, uh, as a songwriter, and I can relate to this a little bit. I'll, quick story time: When I first started playing guitar, a lot of people that are that make a career out of it, they start young. More often, they start young. I would imagine. Yeah. Um, I started when I was 15, I think and never had any ambition to do anything more than play in my bedroom with it. 
Um, when you started, you were in college, right? Yeah. Um, and you were actually kind of a track star in college at the time. I was. I went to Boston College, yeah. and uh, this was in the '80s, a long time ago. Uh, and uh, yeah, I, I got a scholarship there to run, and uh, and then I got hurt, and yeah. um, I decided I'd pick up the guitar in the meantime and just learn how to play it to kill time. While just while you were recovering, up. yeah. So when, at what point did you decide to just go full in with music? I mean, was it was it then? Did you discover? Did you develop that passion really quickly, or was it kind of an overtime kind of a thing? Uh, I think it was a natural thing. Just yeah. I love the sound of an acoustic guitar. I still do. Um, I never get bored of it. It's I, I don't really play uh, like electric guitar. I'm not drawn to that that thing. And I, there's people that play it far better than I do, so I always bring them in when I need it. Um, but there was something about the sound of my voice and just telling a story and and that that kind of hit on all of the sweet spots of who I am and, and what I love. And uh, so, yeah, I gravitated to it and it, and it took hold of me. And it took a few years of, of writing before I was starting to get the kind of feedback where, you know, you felt like you could probably do this for a living. This but it's got it, legs. It, it took a while. Yeah. yeah. So as far as that goes, I mean, you, so you didn't pick up a guitar until college. Um, and that was up in, uh, you were in college in Maine as well? Uh, no, I'm in, in Boston. That was in yeah. Boston. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Getting our geographical facts correct here. Right, right. Yeah. And, and Boston really took hold, uh, really took a liking to you and uh, the type of music that you were coming out with at the time. Yeah, the thing about Boston at that time, there's a bit of a folk boom happening. And there was, um, you know, church coffee houses in all the suburban towns. And then in Boston itself, multiple radio stations, uh, including commercial stations, playing up people like me. Yeah. And, and because of that, I went from zero to 60 in like three seconds. I, I, I got fairly big. In Boston, could play to a thousand people in a night, and um, but outside of Boston, it dropped down dramatically, and there would be no one. So you know, I, I had a whole country to I had to build from, and and the only way you can do that without the radio support is by going out on the road and coming down to places like Tampa and playing for people here in St. Pete or wherever the, the gig was at the time and, and hoping that other stations like WMNF will pick you up and and uh, spread the love. And um, I got lucky enough so that all the dots connected and I, I finally had a, a thread of venues all over the, the U.S. and Canada that I could go and play and, and a few you know hundred people would show up and... and uh, I've been doing it ever since. So you followed uh, a similar playbook that a lot of musicians have followed over the years, which is you know one of the best ways to build a fan base in a market is to be in the market and yeah. cut your teeth essentially. Yeah, I did. You know, in the, my twenties, I did a showcase at CBGB's Gallery in in uh, New York City, a famous club there. Yeah. And, uh, um, we did a showcase and probably had six or seven major labels there. Wow. Okay. Um, and it was the Friday after Thanksgiving in New York City. If you know New York, it's like a ghost town on that particular day. Except the department stores. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, right. There's that. Right. Um, but har there's hardly anyone in the audience, maybe 15 people, and like eight of them were executives from these huge record labels. Wow. And it was one of those times where my nerves got the best of me, and, and you know, I did all right, but uh, none of them... Uh, followed up on on bring me on board and and then I, I was driving home with my manager and I just said you know I want to be able to make all these decisions myself I want you know I want the kind of freedom that Springsteen has but it took time for Springsteen to have that kind of 
freedom to choose about what he wants to sing about and when he wants to sing and when he wants to release records and and we determined that we would do it independently I, I ended up getting signed to a label rounder records which is distributed through universal so there's all sorts of great things came from that um but it, it was great to have it like in my hands you know and um i didn't have to become something i wasn't you know the yeah the person you see right now is the person i was then and there's no limousine out front there's no you know <laughs> it wouldn't fit in our parking lot anyway there's no way <laughs> yeah and I, I like it and i've i've you know i i want to interest myself with my writing i want to write about the things i care about you know i love ireland so i want to do a song about ireland I, hurricane katrina really hit me hard even though i didn't live there so i want to write about that and you know i i look at my songs as short story collections and my albums as short story collections and and my fans tend to be people that read books and and uh you know and love music and, and folk music and uh so it's just i feel very very lucky for it to all have worked out well i mean in addition to the huge collection of music that you've released you've also released collections of poetry you've released some children's books and you did a couple of children's albums to kind of go along with that as well yeah. uh I want to talk about that in a minute, but before uh, before I dive into that, I, you, you touched on something that I think is really interesting, which is that um, you know Katrina hit you really hard, even though you didn't live there, and like you you just shared a song with us that you wrote about Katrina. Um, what about that experience hit you that hard? Why why was why was it so impactful to you personally? Well, I, I get attracted to characters that are at some major crossroads in their life that okay. redefines who they are, and and you know because you only have three or four minutes to work with with a song you have to suggest kind of everything that's come beforehand and then you have to suggest everything that's coming after so it's like picking up the novel you know right when one of the hobbits has the golden ring in his yeah. hands in the, in, in the mountain you know it's that crossroads right when everything is when 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 the proverbial is going down you know yeah. that's that's where these songs get caught and and to me that was one of those defining moments for so many people that i felt like i needed to, to find a character in it and write about it and did your audience respond to that positively did they did they look at you and, and say you know thank you for giving us a voice people specifically that were affected directly yeah i heard from a lot of folks in in uh new orleans um and in louisiana and mississippi about it and uh, so yeah. that felt great and you know it's it's a work of fiction based on fact which is a lot of what i do sure uh, like the song holy is about someone that wants to leave ireland it's the early 1900s and he gets on the titanic i don't mention the titanic but that's the ship that he gets on and um you know he's at that cross point in his life where he needs to get out and needs to redefine who he is yeah and um you don't know whether he survives or not but i just leave it up in the air but uh, i mean that's a beautiful and I would say higher level uh, way to write where you know, you're know you telling the story and you don't necessarily provide that information. You leave it up to the listener's imagination, which is sometimes risky, but also you, you do it so well that like it's not really about the, the resolution. It's about the whole song. It's about the story itself and, and the journey that, that you take the listener on, which I love. That's yeah. one of my favorite qualities about the way that you write. Um, and getting to be exposed to your music uh, a few years ago, uh, I didn't get to follow along with your career as it was developing, unfortunately, but, but getting to be exposed to it, um, I found it absolutely enthralling for that reason. 
because so often you want to you know put on some music and you know I'll do the dishes or clean the house or whatever. My girlfriend will debate that that aspect, but <laughs> yeah. but yes, they will right, yeah, <laughs> and justified uh, absolutely. But uh, I find myself it's almost the kind of music that I have to just sit and listen to because I can't help but mentally engage with it. It's not something that I want to be in the background. I want it to be front yeah. of mind. And, and so when you're writing, do you have that in mind when you're writing or is it just more about just telling your story and, and just putting it out there authentically? Well, I'm looking to create sort of like a, a snow globe kind of world for a listener. So I love that. And the listener's on the outside looking in and he sees a scene or she sees a scene or they see a scene. And there's a little town inside and it's snowing and there's a car driving down uh, the middle. And it's a Springsteen song, we'll say. It's it's uh, my hometown. Yeah. So it's Springsteen. There's a Buick. The, he's on his, his father's lap. But if he does his writing right, if, it, if the writing is done right, there's this shift that happens in the listener and they're not on the outside of the snow globe. They get sucked into the song and it's their hometown and it's their dad and it's their, their car when he was growing up. And that shift like makes the listener feel like they're having a creative process. They're taking the, the, the words Springsteen wrote, but they're committing them to their life. And because of that, they're engaged in this very personal, creative way. They're seeing scenes from their own life. And it gives them ownership of the song. I think that's why p so many people say, this is my song. You know, they don't say the Mona Lisa is my painting. They don't say that even about movies, but they say it like they own it, like they created it themselves, like it represents who they are. And um, those are the kind of songs you're always chasing after, you know, as a songwriter. And to me, that's really super important. To me, you you just essentially cracked a piece of the code for songwriters, which is <laughs> yeah. that the listener has to feel like it's it's theirs, which is such a, a funny, almost paradox because, you know, you're the one writing the songs. The story is either about you or something that you dreamed up. It's very personal to the writer and finding a way to, to like you said, bridge that, that transition between the person hearing the song and hearing someone else's song and then hearing it and feeling like, this is me. I'm, I'm the person in this song. This is, this is, this is my song, man. I got to show you guys this song. This is my song. Yeah. That's so incredibly impactful. So how do you, how, how did you develop in your process the ability to kind of call that up? Well, I think the main thing that I do is I tell stories visually. Yeah. So I, I try to use sensory imagery so that they're not being told the story, they're being shown the story. So it's image by image by image, just the same way people do storyboards before they start filming a movie. And they create scenes that are visual, and that's what engages the mind so that the listener feels like a co-writer. Because, of course, you can't... In my mind, I'm picturing my hometown, and the listener hopefully is... Pitch, you know, picturing Poughkeepsie or, or St. Peter, wherever they grew up. And yeah. um, so there's a lot of trust that you got to put out there. But if you trigger the right things, even though you're writing your story and your images, it should trigger their story and their images. So even um, the most personal thing can become universal. Yeah. And, um, and what's profound about that is once you get them to jump into that transition when, when they're in their snow globe, they become fans because they know you pulled off this amazing magic trick and they want to see if you can do it again. And, um, and that's what drives me with my favorite songwriters. Joni Mitchell does it, Bob Dylan does it, Neil Young does it, James Taylor does it, John yeah. Prine did it so well. And they'll write the personal 
but for some reason it's about your pain or your love or your or your joy and uh it it triggers all these stories from your your background and it's it's a pretty cool magic trick and i think and tell me if i'm wrong but i think that writing that way also helps you keep perpetually reigniting maybe not perpetually but but reigniting that love of music that keeps you going because any musician will tell you that music is absolutely a labor of love whether you're at the highest level or or you're just starting out and you have to have some kind of inherent love of at least some elements of it if not the whole thing as a whole um, to keep going And, and so I'm curious in your career has there ever been a time where you really struggled with the possi- with the possibility that you may not want to keep going. Uh, no, not really. As no? far as songwriting is concerned, yeah. the 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 hassle of touring <laughs> and carrying bags upon bags into airports and guitars and and trying how to to make the economics of it all work, all of that stuff. Um, that's always challenging. Really, yeah. even coming down here is challenging mm-hmm. um, for this weekend. But you know, I lost a show this weekend because there's a hurricane. I lost my piano player because there's COVID. You know, it's it's like you're you're kind of running forward, but people are throwing stuff at you it's a gauntlet and uh things go wrong and um it would be great if i could be the beatles and just go into abbey road and just write songs (laughs) in a beautiful studio like this and and not have to tour and and schlep and and all that stuff but there's some joy and adventure there's some piratism in it you're like you're out on the road and you're going to conquer a town and tonight i get to conquer saint pete in a small way but it's it's going to be my town tonight and i love that you know and meeting people and having an adventure after hours and and uh that stuff is incredibly fun but the songwriting is is that magic i i'll never give up on that i want to get better and better yeah. i'm still not as good as paul mccartney i'm still <laughs> not as good as bob dylan still not as good as Joni mitchell but i'm going to keep trying until the level of writing gets to the point where i'm as close as i can be what would make you as good as any one of those songwriters what's the what are the what are the benchmarks you try to hit? Do you have them? Oh, DNA. I DNA. Think. <laughs> I don't think I. I don't we think we will I achieve got... it through science and logic. We will find a way. <laughs> well, you know, I think just testing yourself. You just you want to make the next song an inch better than than the one before it. And um, you know, I I mean, I don't know how how does Dylan pick up a guitar after he writes "Blowing in the Wind" at nineteen. I mean, because he must have felt the same. Well, I'm going to write something better than that. How do you write a song better than Blowing in the Wind? That is such a great point. Uh, I just got a little chill just because like that, that really hits the nail on the head for so many songwriters that, you know, get a little taste of success. And then it's like, oh, no, (laughs) what am I going to do now? How am I going to beat that? How am I going to top that? And and so in my humble opinion, in my non uh, experienced in the way that you're experienced as a songwriter opinion. Um, I think that that comparison, I heard a, a, a phrase recently, comparison is the thief of joy. Yeah. And uh, instead of spending time trying to write music that lives up to your previous successes, um, write music that makes you happy and you'll never be unhappy, I think. Yeah, I think that's a great point too. I, I get so much joy from this, and and the great thing is with with the pandemic, I guess, is that I've been able to sit and think in my own skin without constantly being on the road. And I'm like, do you love doing this, or do you want to change how you do it? And I'm like, I love doing this, and I want to be an 
like a master. I want to be like one of those old Japan Japanese guys that you know works with bonsai trees. Like right. that's how I want to be when I'm 70, 80 years old. And because um, I love, because I have so much joy doing it. But I still have to admire the, the masters because they're 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 my teachers, and I have to look at them. So oh wow, they mod. I never modulate. I should modulate. Or I'll, oh, they're going to a minor f from a major, and then back again to a major. I need to try that. You know, some of those things that they tell us and ways to improve what we do as artists um, are are important. But you should never put yourself down in the process. That's that's the thing because you know. It's, I, in the beginning, I think I was just dumb. I didn't know it better. And, and that <laughs> just was. didn't know what you didn't know. Right. I didn't mm -hmm. know what I didn't know. And I thought, well, I can do this. I'm great now. And, and I, I wasn't. Yeah. But um, some of that dumbness uh, ended up paying off dividends because I, I didn't think twice about stuff. I just went, moved forward, went on to the next, next, next. And over time, I got better and better. Yeah. So um, before we dive into another song, because we're going to do that here in just a moment, um, I did have one thing that I pulled from the internet from a uh, like 25 fun things from the road by Ellis Paul or something along those lines that I thought was really striking. And I just wanted to ask if you could share for just a quick sure. moment. Um, it said, um, Honda, Utah, rolled three times, totaled, rental car, drive home, the road doesn't end when the car does. Seat belts matter. Now, I read that out loud and I feel like there's like some kind of a brainwashing thing that's going to kick in from the government, you know, like the uh, right. Manchurian candidate. But what does that mean to you? Uh, back in Utah, uh, this was in the 90s, uh, I was traveling with a friend who was filming the trip with cameras and everything. He was driving and we were on a lonely stretch of highway in Utah and uh, a car in front of us swerved this is 11 o'clock at night. And uh, when the car swerved, it revealed that there was something rolling down the highway. It was a tarp. And uh, my friend at the wheel tried to avoid it. And then we spun out and then rolled the car three times. Wow. Ended upside upside down in, the, in between the, the two sides of the highway. And people were stopping. And um, yeah, that's, that's the event that I was talking about. And I survived it, um, wow. which is good. And uh, and just the kindness of people. The thing that struck me most was um, the kindness of the people involved. The people stopped, and we had to go to the hospital. And I was like in the in the ambulance, and I said to the the ambulance people in the back, you know, man, I, I couldn't find my wallet in the darkness. My glasses are broken. I can't see. I don't know where we're gonna stay. I don't know. And one of the guys said, well, I'm an optometrist during the day. So swing by my office tomorrow. I'll set you up with glasses. And the other guy said, I own a string of hotels. We'll put you up for free tonight. You're okay. Wow. And um, there's all sorts of stuff in my car that shouldn't have been there. And uh, the police found it, let it go. Uh, and uh, in the 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 tow truck driver said you know the 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 policeman found a little bit of uh, marijuana in your car with an empty pipe and uh, uh, he just said to me he said uh, we're just gonna let it go those boys been through enough and so wow. I got very lucky very lucky that's yeah. incredible man kindness kindness and the, the thing that stuck the most to me was that the uh, the road doesn't end when the car ends and to yeah. me that that just speaks more to your commitment to your craft and to your touring and and I mean, you kept on after that, I would imagine. Yeah. Or yeah. How, how bad were you? How bad were you injured? I wasn't injured at all. It oh, was. Wow. It was actually. I was pretty lucky. Just scratched up a bit, but real lucky. Yeah. Wow. Well, I'd love to hear another song. Sure. This. 
This song actually references that, that uh, moment in my life. But it's about turning 55. This is a good state to do this in because we have so many older folks listening probably. Some who are saying 55 is young. What are you thinking? Yeah. But uh, this is a, a brand new song. I wrote it during the pandemic. Check your uh, DI. Oh, um, thank you for that. There we go. There we go. Beauty. I've lived through eight track tapes and DVDs. Vinyl records still in the sleeves. Mixed cassettes I once believed could keep a girlfriend crying. Polaroids were just a trend. Rotary phones won't spin round again And highway maps all came to an end And nobody saw them folding and me, I'm 55 Just trying to figure out How I'm still alive I on a dusty highway I once rolled my car Walked away without a scar I spent countless nights Playing smoky bars Dying to find myself A little trouble Whiskey sour Whiskey neat One too many And you're obsolete Are you living the dream On a lucky streak To your trap like a ship In a bottle And I'm 55 Just trying to figure out how I'm still alive Rand McNally and the fax machine The milkman bringing home butter and cream Sears and Roebuck magazines Look what I out survived Oh, I'm 55, just trying to figure out how I'm still alive I can't remember where I got the call Might have been St. Louis, might have been St. Paul They're canceling every show through fall Turn the bus around, boys, it's over Ah, this virus don't care if you got mouse to feed Or about songs you're singing while the whole world's bleeding But you get to stay and John Prine's leaving Who's in charge of the order? Rand McNally and the fax machine The milkman bringing home butter and cream Sears and Roebuck magazines Look what I out survived Oh, I'm 55, just trying to figure out how I'm still alive You fall in love, fall in love Fall to pieces, fall to dust The only thing I've come to trust Is the sun's gonna shine come morning I fell in love, I had a child Making babies never goes out of style She can kill me with just her smile She can break me just by crying Ryan McNally and the fax machine Oh man, bringing home butter and cream 
Tears and robot magazines Look while I out survive Oh, I'm 55 Trying to figure out How I'm still alive Oh, I'm 55 God only knows How I'm still alive this is Live Music Showcase. We're live in studio with Ellis Paul. And that's our show, everyone. Thank you so much for listening. Ellis Paul, man, thank you so much for being here in studio. Thank you, bro. Uh, let people know where are they, uh, where can they find all the information about you? ElisPaul.com, right? Yeah, that's where all the information is. And, yeah. Uh, yeah. And uh, he's playing at 7C tonight over there in St. Pete. 7C Music is uh, where you can go to find out information about... Uh, whether or not you can be in there, I don't. I, I would imagine it's probably sold out. If it's not already, it will be. I, soon. I know it was, uh, the tickets were going pretty good. So. Yeah, pretty well. Yeah, seven number the spelled out word seven letter C music.com is where you can find that and uh, our show today is run by the incredible team of volunteers that we have running cameras running audio helping out behind the scenes sound mixer Mark Perfetti is our sound engineer he's the guy that makes the show sound so good every single week thank you Mark for everything that you do audio assistant is Pam Robinson post production is Richard Stone video director today is Erica Flaskemp our uh, cameras today are Ed Lehman Micaiah Caldwell and uh Charlie Cushing is our board op today. Charles Hops. Charles, tell me your name. Tell me your last name. Holsop. Sorry, man. Thank you, Charles. Our board op today is Charlie Cushing. Our assistant today is Charles Holsop. Our photographer is Jackson Bryla. I'm your host, Ken Apperson. We are here on Live Music Showcase every Friday at 2 p.m. after the news headlines. And uh, Mr. Ellis Paul, if you'd take us out with a song, we'd love that. This is called The World Ain't Slowing Down. Yeah. <laughs> Support for WNF comes from listeners like you and Replay Guitar Exchange in South Tampa, specializing in new, used, and vintage guitars, amps, and related gear. Replay Guitar Exchange's mission is to provide the right guitar to the right player for the right reasons. More at replayguitarexchange.com. Like a song that's like scripture. 